I could hear myself breathing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Button Center, presented by the Marist College Center for Sports Communication. I'm Matt Bono. Across the table from me is Matt Zukevich, and today we have the season finale of season one, Button Center. It's a sad day. I am shook. I mean, it is kind of tear-jerking that we've been, what is this, 16? This is, I think this is 16, yeah. 15 or 16 16. episode. Um, it is a jam-packed episode. A lot of news happened this past week in the MLB. Um, we're going to talk about everything that happened, but first we're going to get to the top five starter argument. That No, no, that's incorrect. First, I have a little surprise for you. There's, there's a player on this podcast that we've talked a lot about. His name is Shohei Otani, <laughs> and I think I, I created a little ode to Shohei Otani, and I think we need to address this first. <laughs> Rewind a gunshot means forward. But I want to start off with the hottest name in probably all of sports right now, and it's Sheho Otani. Three, two, one. And I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy, trying to take away from it. Sheho Otani, Sheho Otani, Sheho Otani, Sheho Otani. The hot start of Sheho Otani. God. Shohei. Sheho Otani. Show high. <laughs> Who was that? Who was saying all those? Uh, that was you. That I mean, it sounded like me, but I don't remember mispronouncing his name that many times. That was incredible. It was also Carl Ravish. Yeah, he he had to call me out politely a few episodes ago that we all needed it, but that was actually really funny. It's tough love. It was well done. I mean, that was probably the best produced thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, you're a master. That's why we have you. That's why we keep you around here for producing skills and correctly pronouncing Shohei Otani's name. You know we do go to school with a person who does produce beats professionally, right? Who's that? Ness. Oh, yeah. Ness on the beat. Yeah, and my so, friend uh, Steven Gerbasi, too. I may be, Look out for him. I may Crook. be the second or third most talented producer in the school. Not after that. Oh. Not after producing Button Center for this many times. But without further ado, I'd like to get into our top five. Sure, sure I suppose. Give the audience what they came here sure. to listen to. Um, the reason we're doing this now is because about a week ago, Dan Plesak of MLB Network brought up his top five list that Matt is going to steal for this episode and back up everyone on that list. Um, he had, I believe, in order, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Charlie Morton, Luis Severino, Blake Snell, but then changed Snell to Chris Sale. Yes. Um, it's not a terrible list. It's mostly correct. Um, I, you know what? How about you, you defend it first, and I'll give you my top five. Okay, look. Kershaw, I'm sorry, Kershaw. Like you're off the list now. Like you've been injured for the past three years, missed significant time. Sure, your stuff is still good when you're on the mound, but like, come on, get real. We got Max Scherzer on the top of the list now. I don't care what you say. Max Scherzer is the best, most dominant pitcher in baseball right now. Justin Verlander, since he came over from the Astros, oh my God. Like I thought his career was over in Detroit. 
And they came over to the Astros and then, like, met Dallas Keuchel and Lance McCullers and Garrett Cole. And they all started, like, sleep. that pine tar? Yeah. The pine tar game? <laughs> Whatever's going on in Houston, they're doing right. Because number three, we got Charlie Morton, baby. 1.72 ERA, 4-0. I think that took a hit this past weekend, but he's definitely the third third best pitcher in Major League Baseball. Luis Severino, I guess you could argue uh, he might be off the list. Oh, this is the one that you're going to argue? That's very disrespectful. 2-11 ERA, 5-1 <laughs> in Bronx. That's not an easy thing to do in the, in the Bronx with the uh, the short porch in right field and the short porch in left field. Oh, and my God. Joke but you don't say field. that with the Houston Astros with the short porch no, in left and no, right field. No, Astros, their statistics are legit. <laughs> and lastly, I, should, I would argue that he should be higher in the list. We have Tampa Bay's Blake Snell. All right. His proven, I don't appreciate you being sarcastic his towards me proven and track to our record. listeners who actually took the time to click on the link on Twitter <laughs> or through SoundCloud or iTunes to listen. That's on them. That's their mistake. And, 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 and you give us that and try to defend it. Um, how about some legitimacy here? I have a top five list. At five, I have Chris Sale. Yes, I'm going to reverse order. Chris Sale, I, I was a little unsure because of his, you know, at this point, we know that he breaks down come September. Um, we know that he isn't dominant in the postseason because he is overworked. Uh, I think some of that comes from his body frame. Uh, he he isn't exactly built for 250-plus innings a season, so I think that does affect him. But you can't ignore 300-plus strikeouts. You can't ignore the 2.8 to 3.2 ERA every single season, and you can't ignore the 230-plus innings he gives you. Um, he's a le- legitimate ace. I don't care what anybody tells you. Um, you never want to face Chris Sale. He's, he's intimidating. He could get up to 100, and he has the most ridiculous slider and lefty dominance um, in the game today. Number four, I still have Clayton Kershaw. Um you joke. The only reason he's not number one is because of the injury concerns that you talked about. Uh, the best ability is availability, but he is that good that he is still number four on this list. Um, he still features the best curveball in the game. Clayton Kershaw, he kind of put some of the playoff haters to rest last season in game seven. Um, I mean, he's just – to be the greatest pitcher of our generation, I'm not going to bump him off the top five simply because of a few injury-plagued seasons. Hopefully he's back uh, quick enough this year, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But number three, I have Corey Kluber. Um, He's not sexy. He's not a flamethrower. He doesn't have these ridiculous one singular outstanding pitch that goes viral like some of these other guys do. But Corey Kluber is the most boring superstar in the game today. Uh, The innings are there. The ERA, he led all of baseball in earned run average last year, Matt, and that's really the point of the game is to not give up runs when you're a pitcher. Wait, so, what? I've been doing that wrong this yeah, whole time. Yeah, I mean, in case you didn't know, you're not supposed to give up runs. So while he doesn't have the strikeout totals as oh, you know, Chris Sale or a Scherzer, um, he's the best at run prevention, and that means a lot. Um the innings can increase compared to some of these other guys, but as far as the overall object of pitching, Corey Kluber is the best at what he does. Um, but I think that the ceiling on some of these other guys and the dominance of the other guys, that's the reason that he's only number three on this list. That means I have to take Jason Vargas off my list. I know. He's been doing a great job. Oh, man. Good okay. thing we talked to signing up on this show. Um, number two, Justin Verlander. 
pretty easy, right? When he came over from Detroit, he's been unbelievable. Lost for the first time since July or since August of last year, this past weekend. Um, I mean, Verlander's a beast, right? He's up at the every top of the, every statistical pitching category in the game. Um, his postseason dominance elevates him to number two on this list. Um, I, there's nothing more I could say. He's a big game pitcher. Uh, he knows how to eat innings. He understands what his job is. He knows he needs to go at least six. You're never going to see Verlander not do his job when he goes out there. When he doesn't have his best stuff, he still gives you six, and he still strikes out seven. Um, Verlander is one of the best, and he's an ultimate pro. But he can only go so far. Number one on this list, Max Scherzer. We both agree there. Scherzer has the strikeouts. He has the ERA. He has the dominance. He has the innings. Um, he has the electric fastball. He has the wipeout slider. He now has the changeup. Max Scherzer is everything that you could want in a pitcher. He keeps hitters off balance. Um, he's dominant. There's no other way to say it. He's on his way to, what, his fourth Cy Young award this year? Um, so wait, I have wait, Scherzer wait, wait, number wait, wait, one. Wait, 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 wait. Fourth Cy Young. Who yeah. are we forgetting? Chase Anderson. Oh, Wow. How did I leave him off? Chase Anderson list? is leading the Milwaukee Brewers right now. I don't appreciate the sarcasm. And we forgot you forgot Blake Snell. <laughs> <laughs> I all right. I feel like there's not much major debate in this list, but one thing that I would like to argue, if I would have said that Justin Verlander is the number one pitcher in the game, you would have said what? Wrong. Because Because Max Scherzer is. <laughs> I and Obviously, I have Scherzer number one, so I can't even disagree. But if somebody wanted to tell me that Justin Verlander was the best, I wouldn't really argue that, right? When he came over, he's pitched to a sub, what, two ERA? And then he goes and basically single-handedly wins the Astros, the World Series? If Justin Verlander isn't on that Astro team, they're not making it out of the ALCS. Okay, what kind of sample size do you value most? Right. And the reason I'm even including postseason is because all the guys on my top five, they all made the postseason. Right. So we can equally, um, you know, uh, look at those guys and see and use cumulative stats to see who is best. It's like it's th the same thing with the MLB network lists. It just depends on what right now means. It's so vague. Right. Like if right now means literally in the past three starts, Justin Verlander is the best pitcher right now. But. I still, again, this is why I understand the dominance of Max. I really do. But Verlander, he's been dominant, just not as dominant. So when you include postseason, that's where I would say that elevates Justin Verlander. Because then it goes back to the argument, if you needed to win a game today, who are you picking? I'm picking Justin Verlander. Because he is a big game pitcher. Max hasn't shown me that yet. He's been good, but he hasn't been Justin Verlander good. In the postseason. In the postseason. Uh, well, I mean, he hasn't had the opportunity to. I mean, I saw him last last postseason with the Cubs, sure. and he came in out of the bullpen. Not that that was his fault, but again, like we have Verlander doing that and dominating because he's surrounding himself with better players. Like, I mean, but don't sure. get me wrong, the Nationals are a good team, but the, outside of Scherzer, they still can't win. Yeah, but that game five, he was not good. I don't remember that. He came out of the bullpen and he struggled. <laughs> I, and I'm not. I don't want to kill him for that. Because, you know, it's not his job to come out of the bullpen. Right. I, I still have a hard time. I, I would have a very hard time accepting Justin Verlander as the best pitcher and, in the majors. Yeah, and I think it's very arbitrary uh, what right now means. But if Verlander has been, you know, he finished runner-up in the Cy Young two years ago. 
And then he he did have a yeah. un Verlander like season previously, but before that, this guy's a perennial Cy Young Award uh, candidate. Won the Cy Young and MVP in 2011. I mean, he has everything to go with it. And what I just can't get over is he has that big game stuff in him, which none of other of these other guys do. Corey Kluber was he arguably lost the Indians the ALDS last season. I know his offense didn't support him. But you give up two home runs to Didi Gregorius in a game five. I mean, you have to look. I, I feel since we these all these guys have all made the postseason, it's fair to look at the postseason and value that um, into the decision making. Kershaw has been known to struggle in the postseason. I just don't care about postseason. I don't think it means anything more. Uh, all right, but the, here the only difference I see between the regular season and the postseason is the pressure involved, and I don't calculate that into how good of a pitcher you are. Why? Because it doesn't matter to me. Derek Jeter, I made millions off of that. Off just strictly the postseason? That's what made him a superstar. I get that you need huevos to, <laughs> to be valuable in the postseason. And maybe Clayton Kershaw doesn't have the huevos. Maybe, I mean, I don't think it's fair to say Max Scherzer doesn't either, but maybe he struggled in a postseason game once. I don't care about that. I care about their statistics. But I, I find that... I struggle with that. You can factor in the one postseason game that you know Scherzer had this past year or whatever. I don't care. If, and if you play that into the regular season t- statistics, I don't care as long as it's still good. Right, but and it's not even that. Again, I I don't blame Scherzer for that. Um, he certainly wasn't the reason that the Nationals didn't win that series. Mm-hmm. But when Verlander's otherworldly and the other guys are eh to bad. Yeah. Like, doesn't that has to mean something? I mean, David Price, that was the whole knock on him that he can't pitch in the postseason. Still can't, unless he's coming out of the bullpen and emptying the tank for two innings. I mean, you, uh, at what point do we have to value the postseason? Because, Matt, it does mean something. Kurt Schilling, again, all, all these guys made a name for themselves in October. That's the whole point of the game. It's not what you do in April, it's what you do in October. So, let's say Scherzer goes 20-3 and three this year. And he pitches to a... I don't care about wins and losses. Okay. He pitches to a <laughs> 1-8 ERA with a even one whip. Then he gets into the division series and he blows up six earned runs over three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Verlander pitches to a you know 2.5 ERA, 1.2 whip. Yep. And he gets the Astros into the World Series. Does, I picked Justin Does phenomenally... Verlander. In the playoffs, I picked Justin Verlander. You think Verlander is a better player than Scherzer? Yes, because I think that the regular season stats for these two guys are so similar. And I know that Max has been that much better because, again, give credit where credit is due. Max is the best regular season pitcher, and it's not particularly close right now. But then when it comes to October, Verlander goes from very good to historic. I, I, I mean, Max is... Historic in the regular season, and then just goes to good. He also at struck bat. out fifteen over six and a third yesterday. That's nice. It was May sixth. I don't care. I, I know that that that's all fun and games for the Cy Young Award, and you know, getting the guys to the playoffs. But when Verlander is also, it's the Tom Brady argument, right? He might not put up the regular season this statistics. Is a podcast about sports. <laughs> he might not put up the same exact regular season statistics as guys like Aaron Rodgers, which. Most of the time he does, but that's for a different argument. But a lot of people say that Rodgers is a better quarterback. But then it comes to the postseason, and who's going to the Super Bowl every year? If I'm Justin Verlander, I want to give him the ball every single time that my life is on the line. Sure, And I think that means something. That's fair. 
strictly when the life is on the line. During regular season, you want to give the ball to Scherzer. But my life isn't on the line. In the it doesn't matter season. if he's in, in the regular season. Scherzer's a better pitcher. Yes. So, but my point is, so throughout ninety percent of the year, Scherzer's a better pitcher. Yeah. And the remaining ten percent, except that remaining ten percent is worth more than the ninety uh, percent. And the reason that I'm even arguing this is because they are close enough in the regular season to where Verlander's dominance in the postseason and Scherzer's mediocrity. Put Verlander ahead in some people's minds. I'm not there yet. If Verlander shows me another full year like he had last year with the Astros, then I'm ready to give it to him. And if he dominates in the postseason, yeah, again. we'll see. I mean, he's off to a crazy start right now. Right. I mean, you could say the same for Garrett Cole, though. I think yes. Garrett Cole might be doing better than Verlander right now. Yes. But he doesn't have the past couple of years sure. like Verlander. So if we're going shredder rules here, he doesn't have the previous few years. But you could certainly argue. Charlie Morton and Garrett Cole of the Astros. Blake Snell. I mean, hell. Blake Snell. I mean, and Severino, I think it's a nice nod as a Yankee fan, but, and there's something to be said about him leading all of baseball since the start of 17 with the most starts of one or zero earned runs. But again, he just needs to show me one more season. Give me one more season, and then we'll have that talk. You want to talk about the one or zero earned runs? You got to talk about Jacob deGrom. Yeah, but Jacob deGrom. I, Again, it's all very hard because these are all studs. There's so many good pitchers in the yeah. majors that so you can't even decide. And if we're going to talk about DeGrom, you got Thor. Uh, we didn't mention Strasburg, Mad Bum when he's healthy. I mean, like you said, there are plenty of guys that are superstar pitchers. You know who I'm really impressed with? Walker Bueller. Yeah? Big Walker Bueller fan. So then you have to be a big Domingo Herman fan. No. <laughs> Look, uh, okay. That, I mean, that begs a question. Why was Herman taken out? Oh, easy. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, for those of you who didn't see, Domingo Herman had a no-hitter through six. Um, he reached his pitch count for the day. Aaron Boone took him out, oh, put him down okay. <laughs> put in Dylan Batances. Yankees lost the no-hitter, lost the lead, but then this Glaber Torres kid came up the bat and the Yankees. They almost the game. lost they they should have lost the game. Right. They probably they should have lost the game. For eight innings, uh, the Indians played a better game than the Yankees. But to answer your question, Aaron Boone took him out because this is a young kid who has never been stretched out over 75 pitches before, and you're not going to risk his long-term future for a chance at a no-hitter. That's just not going to happen. Sorry. I mean, you should because I'm looking out for the future I of the don't team. I care and the about kid. the future. <laughs> I care about right now. I care about history. But I care about a, a kid in his first major league start. Same with Harlan Garcia. Shout out to Don Mattingly. It's very weird that you have this kind of strong stance on a topic like this when you're a Met fan. Because that same logic sure. ruined Johan Santana. And am I mad about it? No. no. But you should be. Well, okay, I am mad because it wasn't a real no-hitter. <laughs> I mean, if you want to pick it apart, it's a fake no-hitter. Well, I mean, Carlos same with Beltran the Dodgers this past weekend. That was a fake no-hitter, too, but a different kind of fake no-hitter. Yeah. Both ridiculous. Anyway... If you have a no hitter going, Herman wasn't even high. Was it like seventy pitches? Right. So I think high seventies, if low eighties. Same, same with uh, Garcia last right. month. I mean, come on. People want to see this stuff. This is entertainment. This is why people think baseball's boring now. You can only throw seventy pitches when you're about to make history. Shut up. So then he he goes out. He stretches out to 110 pitches. Gives up a hit in the ninth inning, and then isn't the same. Then for he the gets rest of standing over. He's not the same for the rest of this year. Come on. Somebody can throw 100 pitch. I could throw 100 pitches right now but and be the, perfectly the healthy. But the chance of him being hurt 
is so much higher than the chance of him throwing a no-hitter, why would you do that? He's young. He's not Johan Santana. He's not in his mid-30s. Right. He's going to be fine. Which could uh, – he's never thrown that many pitches before. He's going to be fine. He was a starter in the minor leagues. Right. But there's a difference between high-stress innings in the major leagues and let's say, versus a starter let, in the minors. Let's minor say he strains his elbow or something. He's out for a few weeks. Oh, look at that. You got Chance Adams. You got Justice Sheffield. You're fine. You are fine. You have Luis Sessa. You're fine. All right. Don't talk about Luis Sessa. You have four grade-A starters in the, re- in the rest of the rotation. You're going to be okay. But that's not the point. Give the We're fans talking about something Domingo to root Herman. for. You think Herman's family is going to think that? Oh, it doesn't matter. He's got another seven years before he hits free agency. He's not going to make any money anyway. Yes, but there's also the chance that he'll never be the same. That's I bull. know that's very doom it's and gloom and worst-case scenario, but there's no reason to risk. The chances of get throwing a no-hitter are so slim that it's not even worth like the discussion. So in the seventh inning, you think the chances of throwing a no-hitter are slim when you have not allowed a hit? Yes. You know a no-hitter means you haven't allowed a hit? Yes. He did not allow a hit into the seventh inning. Yeah. That means he only has three innings he remaining. He also hadn't gone through the order for the third time. You want to look at those splits? That like, that's what happens, though. The chances of him throwing a no-hitter drop dramatically once he goes through for the third time. Dylan Batances throwing 100 with a wipeout slurve couldn't get the no-hitter completed. You should so, call up the Marlins. I think they have a job open for you. I'm going to be the manager. I'm sure you are. Hired by Derek Jeter. That's fine. Speaking of somebody who once played for the Marlins and who no longer plays at all after going to the Seattle Mariners for a nice one-month stint, Ichiro Suzuki finally hit the retire button this past weekend. I mean, is this not a long time coming? No, he was still productive. I don't understand why he did it. It was probably, what are we, it's about five years too late. Incorrect. Um, Ichiro was a fourth outfielder at best with the Marlins. He had his 3,000th hit off the wall in Coors Field. Wow. That's impressive. Yep. A non-power guy. Still a productive um, hitter. You know, doesn't it, you know, say something You want Pujols to retire? Um, Sure. Okay. I mean, it doesn't make sense for him to retire because he's owed $60 million. So why would it make sense for Ichiro to retire? Because the, the financial responsibility is meaningless. But if he wants to play the game and he's got an offer, why is he going to retire? But the whole point of the offer, oh, I, Ichiro himself, I, I'm not blaming him. Obviously, if you're getting offered money, then go ahead and make as much money as you can. But if you're a team, it's all a gimmick. That's the only reason Ichiro was on a team. It's a gimmick. I would argue against that. I would argue it would be a gimmick for the Mariners to sign him like they did. The same way with Jose Reyes going back to the Mets. He means right. nothing now. Yeah. He's, he's going to a negative it's, war. Uh, you know, reminding fans of what they once had and to come see Ichiro Suzuki for one last time. If you're a Mariners fan, I, I know he did retire, but if you're a Mariners fan... Do you want to see Ichiro again? No. Why not? Because I want to win. They haven't made the playoffs since 2001. I'm a Mets fan. Ichiro Suzuki is getting me back to the playoffs? I'm a Mets fan, and I got thrilled when they re-signed Jose Reyes, even though he's going to a negative war. (laughs) I don't care. Or I didn't care. Now I do. It's over. But I I just don't understand that logic. You're putting winning ahead of nostalgia. It's about about fandom, and when you can sacrifice, fandom is about rooting for team that rooting for your team when it wins. When you can sacrifice, when you have the ability to sacrifice one of your 25 man roster spots, right, to to help some fans get a little happy, I'm gonna do it every time. But the Mariners don't need that. The Marlins didn't need that. 
They have Robbie Cano, Nelson Cruz, Gene Segura, Kyle Seeger, King Felix. You didn't think the Marlins James need, Paxton. The Marlins needed a fourth outfielder anyway. Yes, but you could go get some kid who could actually have a chance at being having a future in this business. If you're going to get a minor league kid or you're going to get Ichiro Suzuki and you're going to get a little more attendance with Ichiro, you're telling me that Ichiro. Ichiro is a better defender than some 21-year-old? I don't care. If I'm the mayor... If but I'm that's the, the whole reason he's no, there because it sure as hell ain't to hit. If I'm the Marlins and I know I'm not going to win, you know, I'm going to get Ichiro over some 20-year-old kid that's probably not going to make it anyway. But I, we're talking about a fourth outfielder. Yeah. AKA somebody like Aaron Hicks or, you know, at this point in his career, Jackie Bradley Jr., somebody who's a defensive genius Those are and whose offensive teams. numbers aren't that great. Those are on competitive teams, though. You're looking What's at your the, point? You're looking at the Marlins? The Marlins in that outfield. Yelich, Ozuna, and Giancarlo Stanton. They needed Ichiro Suzuki. What other outfielder did you want to get them? It doesn't matter. It's a fourth outfielder. They didn't have any in the Myers. What do you, they didn't have any other outfielder on the 40-man roster. You can roster. put Derek Dietrich in the outfield. Give me a break. Not that's well. not a real argument. Come you on. know it. It's all a gimmick. Ichiro's been a gimmick for the last five years ever since he left the Yankees. But why does it, it that's was, a great business decision. Baseball is a business. You get Ichiro and you get 500 more fans when he starts. I don't care. I'm getting Ichiro. That's fine. But when you're on the Marlins or you're on the Mariners, at Mariners specifically, a team that hasn't won since 2001, Ichiro's first year, coincidentally. You can't get to the playoffs. Every at-bat that Ichiro has is a bat that Ben Gamble doesn't have. Is an at-bat that Nelson Cruz doesn't have. He was signed to a minor league deal, so that's not true. Yeah, but he came out, and that was the whole point of, oh, Ichiro, one last time at Safeco. He, he, he. Yeah. But then he realized, Those are options, Gee, man. Those are options. I'm not good anymore. Let me hang up what the cleats. What you're also not talking about is Guillermo Heredia. They, got, they signed Kirk Neuenheis to a minor <laughs> league deal. They wanted depth. I mean... That's what Ichiro was. My point is, if I'm Ichiro, yeah, I'll play as long as I can. I'll play as long as I could walk. If they keep giving me money, why not? You were right. But if I'm on a team, I don't want Ichiro. He's not good anymore. There's no point in having Ichiro on your team other than as a gimmick. Correct, and gimmicks are good business decisions. Any excuse to have press conferences is but a great no, decision. But no, no, no. Those teams don't need that. Yes, they the do. Mariners didn't need Ichiro. They have stars. Their business decision for getting butts in the seats was two hundred and forty million dollars to Robinson Cano. You're saying Ben Gamble's a star? I never. I'm saying Ben Gamble's a better player. I said the star comes from. Two hundred and four. There's a reason they paid that money for Robinson Cano. Sure. He wasn't worth that money. Brian Cashman told us that, but he was paid that money because he's a superstar. Nelson Cruz puts butts in seeds. Kyle Seeger puts butts in seeds. They have their homegrown kid who isn't good anymore. His name is Felix Hernandez. That's okay because he puts butts in seeds. So does Ichiro. Yes, but Ichiro is nowhere near productive. My point As is Felix that Felix Hernandez. Not even close. Are you, You're going to give me that look? Are you serious? Felix Hernandez is not a productive Major League pitcher anymore. He's a more productive Major League pitcher than Ichiro Suzuki is a Major League hitter. Ichiro could also pitch. He could take his rotation. Oh, time. yeah. Ichiro, uh, hilarious. Uh, now, and while we're on the topic of Ichiro, the whole, oh, yeah, he could hit 25 homers if he tried. Give me a break. Oh, yeah, I would be a better player, but I don't want to be. <laughs> That's not true. That's not the kind of player he was trying to be. Oh, please. He was trying to go opposite field. Oh, yeah, he sure was. Oh, yeah. If I get it, 
if I could be a better player, I would totally hit homers. That's but not I'm not true. really feeling like it today. You could hit homers or you could hit her for a high batting average. You choose Or you one. could do both if you had the talent. No, that's not true. What do you mean that's not true? Like not, everybody, Mike Trout? not everybody can do that, though. Yes, you look they, at, they were saying that Ichiro could. I don't want to make this a long thing. I just think <laughs> it's, it's a whole farce with Ichiro. I think you're a farce. Uh, it was time for him to retire. He wasn't productive anymore. I could understand if he went to the Padres, a team that needs somebody, or not even the Padres anymore because they have Eric Hosmer. But you know what I mean? A team that doesn't have a face to put butts in the seats. All Mariners had a face. Marlins had a face. Yankees certainly had a face. No place for Ichiro. No place for him anymore. Should wrap this up. But Ichiro, <laughs> let's say, okay, Marlins. Yes. Nobody's coming to your games, and you have Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich. And Ichiro is going to be the one who fills the stadium? You're not going to take Please, the chance. Please, Matt. You're not going to take Please. a chance. Please. You're the Mariners. You just swung and missed on Shohei Otani. Hard. You were supposed to get him, and you swung and missed. Yeah. You're not going to try to get a little bit of that media contingent back in Seattle and get some press conferences going for each year like they did, and they got national media for, attention? For four weeks? Why not? That's what happens for four weeks? I'm okay with that. It's a snore fest. Yeah. Uh, there's no point. If I'm the Mariners front office right now, I'm thrilled. You know what happens? Oh, you sign Ichiro, he plays one game, everyone goes to watch him. Oh, that's nice. Then what happens? Then it's old. Then nobody cares anymore. He's an unproductive fourth, fifth outfielder who, you know, has gray hair. That's, that's what Ichiro is. Moving right along, as we segue nicely into some injury news, Johnny Cueto is out for at least four weeks. He's got a visit with the Grim Reaper, Dr. James Andrews. Uh, it's a strained elbow, Matt, and it's not looking good for him, and it's not looking good for my fantasy team. I'm concerned for the Giants on another level. You know, <laughs> they're, they're already missing Bumgarner. Cueto's going down. The offense has not been as productive as they would have liked. You know, I mean, their one hope is that Tyler Beatty can come back up again and try to be productive. Andrew Suarez is doing pretty well, but, I mean, you don't, you don't just replace Cueto and, and Bumgarner. I mean... I mean, I guess Belt's doing okay. Posey's doing pretty well. It's just not going to work. Um, and you can see this from the beginning of the year. Like, this was never going to work. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot, how everything needed to fall right for them. And then the Mad Bum injury was the dagger, and this is just throwing salt in it because Quaida was pitching like an ace when he pitched. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, he got off to a phenomenal start. This is his second stint on the DL already. Um, and this one looks like it's going to be longer than the last, and potentially, um, if the worst-case scenario happens, he's going to be out for another year uh, if he needs that Tommy John surgery from, apparently, the richest doctor in the country, Dr. James Andrews. Is that actually true? No. no. He's a multimillionaire, <laughs> but um, it's just unbelievable how this guy is, like, one of the only people who do the Tommy John surgery. Yeah, it's really weird. It's funny to me. Um, but, yeah, it, it's unfortunate for Cueto because he was kind of rebuilding his name, but... I mean, Giants are over 500, but this is probably as far as they're going to go. I like the Padres better at this point than Giants. As far as what? Future as, of 2018? As or yes. as the future of 2018 and the future in general. I mean, you look at what the Padres are doing, Franchi Cordero. You know, Franchi Cordero is doing crazy well, and we're not even seeing Hunter Renfro or, or Manuel Margot this year. Yeah. I mean, like... I mean, there's a lot to like in San Diego, and I just feel terrible for Giants fans because they're going to be dealing with a lot of crap for the next few years. It's going to be real bad because they got a lot of payroll and not a lot of talent. Um, 
I mean, this is what they signed up for, though, right, Matt? I, I, they signed a lot of older players. They gave them a lot of money, and they traded for a lot of older players who were owed a lot of money. Yeah. So they made their bed, and now they have to lie in it, and it might be really ugly well, for the next three to five years. Now that I say that, I mean, the Dodgers are going down this year, too. But they're not that bad. They still got stars to produce but better than the Giants. Let's say McCutcheon and, and Longoria uptick a little bit. Belt keeps doing what he's doing. Posey keeps doing what he's doing. You know, they might be able to swing a wild card, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. you know, as we segue, like, the Kershaw was just placed on the DL, and that's why we kind of had him lower or off of our top five list with a bicep tendonitis. Um, so, yeah, that puts the Dodgers in a really bad spot. Now they don't have Corey Seager. They don't have Clayton Kershaw. Um, Jansen seems to be coming back to normal. His velocity uptick this past week, so that's good news. But – they are without Justin Turner for the next couple of weeks. It's not great in Dodgerland, but I think they still have enough to get him over the hump in the Giants. I mean, Giants have nobody in that I, rotation. I now. agree. I and agree. even I that bullpen that, is bad. I think that's correct. But I think while the NL West is still extremely strong, there are weaknesses. Like let's say let's say AJ Pollock gets injured again. It's gonna happen, right? <laughs> I mean, then the Diamondbacks might come down. Might come down from Earth. Let's say Nolan Arenado gets injured, they might come down. Uh, and that might make way for the Giants. And the thing is, then we have to include, because I think we could agree they're certainly not winning the division. Um, even if the Diamondbacks face injuries and even if the Rockies face injuries, they're still a better team to beat them out in the division. So then you're talking wild card. And then you open it up to the rest of the National yeah, League. We already that's not happening. We already know the Brewers and Braves are taking the wild card. Exactly. Spot. So, I mean... The Dodgers, they're <laughs> Walker Bueller is taking his Dodgers on his shoulders. Right, and that's exactly what they needed. They needed somebody to step up. That's the thing, though. I don't know if that's going to be long-term sustainable. And that's you another I mean? thing like, as well. Like, Cody Bellinger is not doing that great. Uh, sure. You know, Matt Kemp is carrying the offense. We said this in the last podcast, I think. And Alex Wood is not doing what he did last year. Walker Bueller is the only hope. And that's what they needed. Uh, we talked about it before. The, for this team to be as good as they were last year, people are going to have to step up. It's next man up mentality, and they certainly have the pieces to fill in, but it's whether or not they were to produce. Now, the concern is for me, I think Walker Bueller could be this good for the next month, for the next two months. But then when those innings start to hit 110, 120, right. 130, teams start to see him for the second and third time, then how good is he doing? Then I mean, how good is he doing when he faces a little pressure in a pennant race in September? If you follow my good friend Rob Friedman at Pitching Ninja on Twitter, you can see Walker Buehler's slow-mo stuff, and it's nasty. Like, that stuff plays no matter how many times you've seen him. Um, if he can keep that up, that's the question, I guess. But also, if you're the Dodgers, you can't have a player that's playing every fifth day to carry you, you know? You need somebody on the offense whose name isn't Matt Kemp. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't see that happening. Yeah, and uh, I mean, maybe Justin Turner can come back and turn it on and be that guy for them in the middle of the order, which I'm sure that he will. But they need the other guys to step up. Yeah. Um, I know I sound like a broken record, but they need Chris Taylor to be somewhat of what he was last year. They need guys like Jock Peterson to catch a little bit of his rookie year. They need Yasmani Grandal to start producing. Um, they need even like their role players need to do better. Because that's what made the Dodgers so great last year was their role players. Yes, they had the superstars who were playing out of their mind, but the reason they went over 100 games is because Chris Taylor came out of the woodwork and Yasuo Puig had a very good year. Um, guys like that need to step up. 
Well, what is Dr. James Andrews' net worth? Hundred million dollars per our researcher will be on our. I mean, I find it cool that we have a researcher now, um, but <laughs> it's just it's crazy that for how many Tommy John's surgeries there are, he's, he's the only one that does them. That's he's insane. the guy. I and, mean, like, don't you just hate it if you're a fan of the pitcher or the team that the pitcher pitches on and you get the alert, you know, oh yeah. uh, Clayton Kershaw, pain in his elbow, visiting Dr. James Andrews. You're like, yeah. ah, Tommy John. <laughs> like, there he goes. It's always 2020. Like, <laughs> this guy is actually death for major league pitchers. I find that crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it's the same way in the podcast network, right? Podcast business, like, there's only so many button centers. I mean, you cannot redo this. We have major stars coming on the show. It's John Butensky just walked in. I mean, you get this nowhere else in this business. I literally just booked it over from the library to be on your podcast. From the library. Wow. So this busy bee took time out of finals week to come and join Screw the finale. Fi oh, he's probably getting one of those massages in the student center or something. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Studying for planets, to be exact. Intro to cosmology. Uh, and while we're on the subject of pitchers not performing up to their expectations, Matt Harvey is officially no longer met. The Dark Knight is finally gone out of Gotham. And Butensky, I guess I'll let our New York expert talk a little bit about this. He's our New York expert now? Yep. Apparently. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me the at the end of The Dark Knight Rises. Remember that horrible ending to the movie? I never saw it. Are you out of your mind? I'm out of, I just, I'm not a big superhero guy. Well, you're, I mean, it's a decent movie, but I'll, so I'm going to spoil it for you if that's Go right. ahead, go ahead. He, like, there's, like, this bomb that that's about to go off, and he takes, like, his bat plane, whatever you want to call it, bat jet, and, uh, he like draw. He like drives the bomb that's dangling from the plane into the ocean, and you don't really know what happened. You don't know if he's alive or not, and you think he's alive at the end. Cause you like <laughs> see him, but you don't even know if it's real or not. Who are you talking about? Matt Harvey, but also like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but also, <laughs> my point is like, is the Dark Knight really gone? I I, I he think he's gone. He couldn't protect his Batcave, aka. City Field. Right. Oh my God. And it, it, I'm trying to make all these really nerdy superhero references. The way that I see analogy. it is that if he can't do it with the Mets, he's not doing it anywhere else. I, I think he needed to leave. He needed to change the scenery. He needed to get out of there um, because I, I feel like fans, New York fans, Met fans, they can't look at Matt Harvey in a Met uniform and not constantly think of what he once was. So yeah. he needed to leave. He needed to go somewhere else and start over. I cried myself to sleep. Every night that he started this year, I believe Did it because really? I would yeah. too. It was it was sad. It's the end of an era. Seriously, the DFA itself is is horrifying to me. Not Why? horrifying. It's just terrible. I mean, like it's it, so upsetting. It's weird that it ended like this because a guy. I mean, he he deserved it. In 2015, that iconic image, an iconic video of him pumping his fist and saying like, "Let's effing go!" Like, yeah. That's what I want as a Mets the fan. One, the one thing that I always think about when I think of Matt Harvey is him in the dugout. And I think we talked about this last time we, the four of us were on the pod and spoke <laughs> about Matt Harvey. Is when he's telling uh, Terry <laughs> Collins is in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, this might be Jay's Vu all over again. Um, when he's telling Terry Collins, no way. As in, like, no way right. you're taking me out of this World Series game. But then, like, you also think about... <laughs> the Adriana Lima saga, and mm. we don't need to revisit that no. <laughs> because that was already a four-minute segment on this <laughs> very show. But, yeah, I mean, 
I agree with you, Matt Bono. Um, I think that because I have to specify between the two of you. Um, sure. I think that usually Matt, people assume when you say I agree or that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. They they always they're always thinking about like. I mean, when Paul Pierce was at the tail end of his Celtics God run, damn it. I had to. <laughs> when Paul Pierce was at the Moving tail on. end of his Celtics run, like I, I kept thinking about the 08 Paul Pierce. Yeah, not, you can't not help the 35 year old, uh, bound to be a Brooklyn Net Paul Pierce. Yeah, like, it was a very different thing. I mean, he burned whatever capital he had left with the Mets. Um, I think that's why he got the DFA. No one's going to trade for him because they, no one's going to. Texas Rangers, I've been hearing lately. Yeah. I mean, if they trade something for it's him, not, it, it's gonna be for nothing. it has to be garbage because yeah. they're just going to drop him then anyway. Yeah. We know he's not going to the minors. I wouldn't want to go to the minors either from Matt Harvey. I don't blame him. Um, I have no business being there. Not that I haven't pitched that poorly, but. Matt Harvey isn't going to the minor leagues. I'm really curious to see what kind of business decision this was because he's got a free agent year without a doubt coming up, mm-hmm. whether he accepts the minors deal or not. Yeah. Like now he doesn't know if he's going to get signed or if he's going to get traded from the Mets. Like he could be outright released and not have a job for the rest of the year. Granted, yeah. he'll get a prorated portion of his salary, I'm sure. But like this, this really puts his, his 2019 season and future in jeopardy. I think that, even if worst case he does get cut um, and he doesn't find the job for the rest of the year because nobody wants to take a risk on him in the middle of a season, right. then I, you're just going to have to showcase yourself and kind of do what Tim Lincecum has done and invite a bunch of scouts, do it at a time where you think you're at your best, yeah. show what you got, yeah. and some team will take a chance. That's some team's going to take a chance anyway. I don't, I don't see anybody trading for him right now. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Because he has no value yeah. to be traded. There's zero leverage that the Mets have, and they know that. They yeah. just... Don't want to. They want to see if they can get anything. He's owed another like nine million dollars throughout the rest of the year, and just not going to happen. Yeah, I want to tell a really quick anecdote. I haven't been to City Field too many times in my day, obviously because I'm a Yankee fan. But it was, I want to say, it was the spring of 2013, and I went to a Mets game with my two buddies. We're all big baseball. 2013 was a really rough year. I'm sorry you had to do that. Well, that. Let me finish the story Go ahead. first. Sorry. I'll explain. It. So we had planned this day out for weeks. We like kept track of who was pitching which day. <laughs> and the pitching matchup, it was, I remember it was a Friday night, and it was an amazing matchup. It was Matt Harvey against Steven Strasburg. So at that time, those were the two premier right-handers in the NL East. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and everyone thought, oh, my God, these two guys are going to be the two like workhorses in baseball and how many years to come. <laughs> Yeah. So that's why I'm saying it's so sad with this whole situation because at that time, Matt Harvey was the biggest thing in baseball. Harvey was supposed to be a stud for the Yankees in 2019. Exactly. I mean, I was looking forward to it. The yeah. guy started the 2013 All-Star game at City Field. Over Clayton Kershaw. And then he Clay- hits Robbie Cano right in the kneecap. The biggest, I mean, what more could you want? This guy was the biggest deal back in the day. Yeah. That's kind of weird He saying. was a superstar. He was. He was a top-five pitcher in baseball. And not he's a top-five pitcher – and he has what it takes to be a star. Because there's a difference between being a very good baseball player and a star. Dog. Matt Harvey yeah. was a star. One could, say, one could say he's like Batman. I think I've never been speechless before <laughs> in my life. Um, but <laughs> he had the marketability. He had what attracted people. Um, Matt Harvey kind of had that Bryce Harper feel effect to him where he was the bad boy of the National League. But he also happened to pitch to a 2-2 ERA. Like, he was one of the biggest stars in the game, and now 
He's DFA'd and going nowhere. So you mentioned Harvey was a top five pitcher in 2013. You'd say that, right? Mm-hmm. Butensky, top five pitchers right now. Oh, God. Scherzer, Kershaw, Sale, Kluber, not Chase Anderson. <laughs> oh, give me one more Butensky. Give Ooh. me one. Uh, You're one more for Luis my... Severino. Uh, uh, it was a good guess. I didn't have Severino in my top five. I put Verlander. Okay, you could, you could really... Yeah. Yarnyar? How do you not have Severino? Because he's got a. I want one more legit year out of him. Yeah. You guys can't even hear me because. Yarnyar? What do you say? Top five? Yeah. Let me get David Price. Or would you prefer like top five power forwards right now? Um. Kurt Schilling still play? <laughs> um, All right. As we segue into our next segment. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale. This is in no particular order. Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, Severino, Verlander, like Scherzer. Okay. You guys both left off Blake Snell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on to more great news out of the MLB world this weekend. Yadier Molina. Got hit between the legs and now needed emergency pelvic surgery because of a traumatic hematoma. I had to Google. I remember when when, when that news came out, I was getting to the shower and I brought my phone into the shower (laughs) and I Googled, what is hematoma? I had to Google it too. Was that the exact Google search? What is hematoma? Yeah. You couldn't even have correct grammar. You were so exasperated by this. Wait, is it a hematoma? I I would would say so. I think it's it's like a bruise, right? You know, I was getting ready for school. I was, I was naked in the shower. I mean, (laughs) so you thought, you know what? To dumb it down for our audience, he got hit in the balls. There you go. You had to think about Yadier Molina when you're in the shower. I understand. Sometimes you don't have time for proper grammar. Yeah. You needed to get it quick. Um, but is this a, that big of a blow to the yes, Cardinals? Huge. Yeah. Not even necessarily. On no the pun field. intended. Wow. wow. Huge blow. <laughs> <laughs> because it's his veteran leadership. That yeah. They're right. gonna truly mess. And if you know, they don't have an official captain, took a hit to the leadership. Did. But if they had, <laughs> if they had a captain, it would be Yadi Molina. And. He's also having a great year statistically, also. And he has, he's been clutch for them offensively. And from what we've seen, or I've always heard about Yadier, is how he calls a game and how he coaches the pitching staff. So he's like the second manager on their field. So I think for four weeks with a team that, again, the Cardinals are one of those teams that can't afford injuries like this. Because they're another one of the teams who needed everything to go right, or at least close to perfect this year to get to the playoffs because I, I don't think they're that great of a team um, but Yadier was one of their leaders and one of the carriers and now he's going to be out for a month I mean is this the thing that happens during the Cardinal season when we look back in October and say that's what made him miss the playoffs the possibility it certainly is because I think obviously they won last night Dexter Fowler walked it off um, and what the 14th so they swept the Cubs I mean that is Obviously, huge for them. They're in first place in the NL Central. But again, the Molina injury scares me. I think that it's not going to be the dagger to their season, but it might be one of those things, like I just said, that could cost them a chance at the playoffs. I mean, he's been carrying the Cardinals so far. Like, you look at it, Dexter Fowler's been terrible. Right. Paul Young's been okay. Jose yeah. Martinez, Colton Wong. Mo- I mean, Ozuna hasn't gotten hot. Ozuna, come on, guys. Like, Yadier Molina's been the offense right now. The pitching rotation has been so average that they've been able to stay in the central, especially with, like, guys underperforming with the Cubs and the 
Brewers and whatnot, but I mean, they're not going to be able to withstand a loss of their only offensive player right now. The only thing that saves the Cardinals, or I shouldn't say saves, because nothing's going to save a team when they're in first place, but the only thing that's going to lighten this blow is that the Cubs do not get hot. Yeah. And how realistic do we think that is? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know that the Cubs can get hot, but I think they can improve. I don't. I think, I think there's they're going to improve. Incredible room for improve, or incredible amount of room. For yeah, like when you look at Darvish and Quintana, right? Been terrible. Yeah. But we know that the Cubs are going to be better than they are right now. Right. And it's a question of is there a hot streak? Because every playoff contender has that hot streak that you say, "Wow!" Like that right there on the calendar. That's when they were clicking at all cylinders. Yeah. And you know we're seeing that with the Yankees right now. Fifteen out of sixteen. If a Cubs team goes on a 10 out of 15 run or a 15 out of 20 run when Molina isn't there, that might cost them that NL Central title because they cannot afford to slump right now with Molina out while the Cubs go on a run. And the only way they do that is if, like you said, Matt Quintana and you Darvish pitch the back of their baseball cards. Yeah. I agree. All right. I like that. that was, Anything that was, else to no, add? Well, that was that was good. I like that little back. <laughs> Our researcher, he loved are, it. Are we done? I think we're done. Is this the season finale? Wait, did we talk about Torres yet? No. Do you want to? Why wouldn't you? Okay, we're not done. So, Glaber oh. Torres had a walk-off home run yesterday. And we're finished. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. This is your guy. <laughs> the Yankees. One of you two tweeted. Was it you? I, I'm not crying. You're crying. That was yeah, him. I wasn't crying. <laughs> I mean, the he Yankees. Had the Titanic music in the background when he hit the home run. Come what, on. What can go it's right? Twenty years old is going right for the Yankees right now. I mean, like you said, Matt, earlier in the pod, they should have lost that game, and then they go on. I mean, it went from oh my god, they could have a combined no hitter to oh my god, like Boone or they was, could have a real no hitter that matters. Yeah, Boone was handcuffed yesterday. Correct. Some injuries and usage in the bullpen, the bullpen left him to go yeah. to Dallin Batanza's second inning. It burnt them. He brings in Jonathan Holder. He does Jonathan Holder things. Um, Gary with the pass ball. 4-0 Indians. Yankees are dead. Okay, can't win them all. You know how you don't handcuff yourself? You let Domingo Herman pitch the seventh inning. He and was outstanding. I was going to say, there's two things I wanted to bring up besides the It was Herman's performance and uh, Batanza's his first inning was out. He's been really He's good. He's been very good. And he I, looks back to me. I'm not going to blame him for the second inning. No, I'm not at all. Because I, that's not a position for him to succeed. Would you um, have not liked to see Herman pitch the seventh inning? He hasn't been stretched out for that, though. That's his only issue. That's why, they, that's why they held him out. Pansies, I tell you. It's the r- r- easy decision. That was easy yesterday. You're easy. So then all of a sudden, eighth inning comes. Gardner picks up a big ribby. Um, that's a he, veteran he at get, bat he, for he Brett Gardner. He needs to get hot. He needs to start hitting. Um, and then we go to the ninth um, after an Aaron Judge two-run double. And the eighth, Aaron Hicks leads off the ninth with a double off the wall. Our good electric friend Neil Walker hits another double that ties the game. Um, they pinch hit Stanton. And, again, Aaron Boone, he pushed all the right buttons yesterday because I was thinking Stanton easily pinch hitting for Neil Walker here. No doubt about it. Boone sticks with Walker, picks up the game-tying double. Stanton pinch hits for Tyler Austin. Um, they intentionally walk him. And then they bring up Glaber Torres, who, when he hit that ball, John, I was like, okay, like, I hope it – get down, get down. Yeah, I, thought, I didn't <laughs> honestly think it was gone. I really – Yeah. I didn't think it was gone. I agree with you. Like, and if you – I 
mean, obviously you guys watched the broadcast, but I don't, I don't even think Michael K thought it was going. And that's another, like, I'm glad you brought that up because the call by Michael K was, was off the very, charts. Yeah, it was because great, but it wasn't, uh, it, to start off, it wasn't very enthusiastic. Because he, he was, was like, 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 all right. It, like, ripped right field. Still back. Still it, back. Yeah, still like, back. Oh, my God, it's gone. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that, but that's yeah. kind of the exclamation that he had. Right I think again. even Michael K gets a little uh, frustrated with the center field in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> What does that even mean? Uh, it snuck over mouth. the. It snuck right over the 400 mark to dead center. I'm gonna keep my. What mouth are we talking about here? Come on. It snuck right over the 400 mark to center field. I don't talk field. with a list. Okay. It should be 450 feet to right center because that makes any kind of sense. It's over 400 feet. That's gone anywhere but Comerica Correct, and their mental patience up there. It's gone anywhere. Every that homer from Torres is over 400 feet. Every center field at least 410. That's Yankee. not true. Okay, every good center field is 410. Not at all. Most of them are 408, which is what Yankee Stadium is. It's a joke. Then do we also want to talk about 399, the left center? Because, you know, they don't call that Death Valley because they hit homers out there. They call it Death Valley? He doesn't know what he's talking about, John. 399 is Death Valley? Uneducated. It's okay, though. Um, we don't judge you. 399. What? Good Lord. That oh, it's so hard to hit a home run at 399. What are the gaps in major leagues? They're all 365. Stupid. Uneducated. It's okay. I think it's all false. Labor Torres, let's get back to the point. This is an editing nightmare for you, by the way. I just wanted to point that out now. No, this is all saying it. <laughs> um, Glaber, from what we've seen from Glaber, I mean, Boone called it with the Javier Baez, right? He looks like Javi Baez in the field. He's confident. The leg kick. I mean, but this guy, he's smooth. He has power. Flawless. Just a flawless transition. It's been, it's, it's like he's been in the big league for years. And, like, uh, he hits for high average. Now we're seeing, starting to see the power. Pulled it the other night. Goes oppo into the gap for a walk-off. Composed. Had that huge hit in Houston. I mean, he's been so good that people haven't mentioned Miguel Andujar as the Yankees' back, best rookie in about 10 days. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. The Yankees have a comedy of riches right now. One through nine, they are the best lineup in baseball. I don't care what anybody says. They could hurt you anywhere and once they get bird back Canely's on the horizon adam warren's about to come back this yankee team is about to get healthy Don't and they're about really Luis hot Sasa. oh i forgot about him <laughs> um and that's what we have to look forward to for the rest of the year what sessa or or just this <laughs> a fully healthy yankee team um stanton hasn't gotten hot yet and that's my little yankee love fest quick well. around the horn right now before we sign off for uh -huh. our final episode who do you have winning the World Series? Yankees. Will? I can't not say it. Off your gut. Two Come on, for now. Two <laughs> later. Don't think. Just say. The Red Sox from Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you say the Yankees, I'm going to smack you. Can I just say this yeah, before John? It ha it's an American League team. Oh, it, God, yeah. It's the Yankees, Red Sox, or Astros. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the that's, Indian. That's what I was grappling with. The, three the yes, Indians are not as strong as they were. No. Um, they're not, not really. getting production from the same guys who they have in the past. It's Yankees, Astros, or Red Sox. They're better than anybody else in the National League. The Dodgers aren't the powerhouse. Diamondbacks aren't beating anybody in the playoffs without bullpen help. Um, the Cubs aren't as strong as everybody thought they were, and the Nationals can't even get out of their own way. Um, I think it's the Yankees or the Astros, but position by position – if the Yankees could do what they did against Charlie Morton and Verlander or just outlast those guys and then strike at the end, I don't see how they get beat. I do think, but and I want to obviously hear what you have to say, but... Of course you No, do. nobody cares. I'm the co-host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I do think that, and I don't normally think that regular season series are pretty indicative of what we're going to see for the rest of the season. I think starting tomorrow night with the Yankees Red Sox, it's I can't huge. wait. I can't wait. I'm terrified. First of all, it's uh, huge because just we've to been so shaky, up. and I know for both sides, for both sides, and I think that either way it goes, it's gonna be very indicative of kind of how the rest of the season, whether it be in the AL or the AL East, is going to go. And that normally doesn't happen when you're at game 36. Yeah. I'm both terrified and thrilled, and I'm very excited. So we have that. we have two Yankees and one Red Sox, right? Yes. Yes, John? That's correct. Right. It's going to be the Astros. I thought you were going to say the Brewers. I've been really I mad. I kind of I wanted to say the Brewers just to piss you off. <laughs> it's going to be the Astros. I, I just like, want to let you know that I dropped Chase Anderson from my fantasy team. <laughs> what? Why? Because he's got me like single like digit points in like his past five starts. Oh, we need to talk about the point system in your fantasy league then. <laughs> he doesn't strike anyone out. You don't strike I mean, anybody no, out. <laughs> yeah, streaks. Okay, <laughs> so here's why it's going to be the Astros. You look at the rotation right now. They're going to face the Yankees in the ALCS. I think that's right. That's pretty common thought. Sorry, Will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got Justin, bets. Justin Verlander, Charlie Morton, Lance McCullers, Dallas Keuchel. I'm not afraid of Keuchel anymore. Keuchel's been horrible this year. He's not to mention Garrett Cole. That's two starts in a row where the Yankees have had Keuchel. I think his dominance against the Yankees is over. I'm not saying just the Yankees. I mean, like Keuchel, sure. Keuchel has not pitched to to his potential right now. Right. Uh, He'll, he will be Dallas Keuchel. But my point is the the rainy cloud of Dallas Keuchel is no longer over the Yankees. Those are five A guys. Those right. are five number one here's starters what I don't in care one rotation. About, is that I could ask, I could say, hey, CeCe, empty the tank for five innings, and then I'll go to Chad Green, and then I'll go to Tommy Canely, and then yeah. I'll go to Dylan Batances, right and now, then I'll go to David Robertson, I see what and you then mean. I'll go to Aroldis Chapman. Who are they going to go to? Mr. Punches himself? <laughs> I'm not scared. Go <laughs> ahead, Peacock. Give me give me Charlie Morin. I'll take my chances. Okay. All right, we need to talk about this for a second. Yankees right now have a strong bullpen. Right. Stronger than the Astros. <laughs> Probably strongest bullpen in the major leagues. Right. Uh, that will not be the case come August. You think they're going to get help? Astros will get they tons of help. should. But they didn't last year. I was so why would they get it last year? Or why wouldn't they get it last year, but they'll get it as raining chance? I was talking about this with, uh, with a common fan of ours, Drew Mayans. The <laughs> Astros, Astros, sure, bullpen is weak right now. But they have Ken Giles, pretty good. I don't care what you say. He punches himself. That's weird. He's, he's a meltdown <laughs> waiting to happen. He's a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher because he throws a hundred with a wipeout slider. But guess yes. what? If your if your knees start to shake when you face the Yankees, then I don't care how good you are. Sure, he's a good pitcher. We're gonna say that. Ken Giles is that guy in the gym that wears a belt before he does a deadlift 100%. and screams and pounds his chest <laughs> 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 and goes out there and, and you know it's out already you know it's already like two plates on the deadlift. No, it's nothing. It's like, it's like a ten and a yeah. twenty-five sure. tops. All right, uh, go ahead, Matt. So we got Ken Giles in there. I don't care what you say, Butensky. Brad Peacock is really good. I don't care what you say. Chris Davinsky is really good. He's really good. Joe Smith is good. Will Smith, also good. Will Harris. Will and Harris. Again, he's another guy who blows Will against Smith the Yankees. Will Smith is on the Giants. The, Will here's Harris. the difference, Matt. I'm really happy you brought this up because, again, we talk about it a lot. There's a difference between April through September and then when the yes, calendar goes to October. So, And the, those guys cannot pitch when the calendar goes to October. Let me run with this idea. You got you're, you're the Astros. You have the second best farm system in the majors, I'd say, next to the Yankees. You're the yeah, Astros and the right Braves now? and the Padres. I don't know about that. The dude. fourth strongest I, farm listen, system in the majors. I am a, I'm a prospect nerd, and I'd be quite, I don't even middle know of the pack. Top maybe. ten right now. That is bull. I don't think they're top ten That's either. Bull. 
they have really good. They have, they have Tucker and everybody else. Ago. They have Forrest Whitley. They have Kyle Tucker, and they have Derek Fisher. I can. I still consider. All right, Derek hold Fisher on. Let, I think Derek Fisher's prospect eligibility is gone. I let him just prospect. go. Let him go. <laughs> they trade. I want to see where They trade going. one of these guys for Zach Britton. Okay, I Zach Britton. Isn't Zach Britton? They, they trade one of these guys for Alex Colomay once he picks it up. Oh my God, Alex Colomay! All, wow. all of a sudden, if you're giving him Colomay, well then why even gets, play the rest of the season? He already gets beaten up in the AL East already. What makes you think that he's gonna? Like, because be we're effective? not we're not seeing what Colomay is like. Colomay but was even good the past Pete Colomay isn't scaring me no, in October. Not at all. This is what I've been talking. There's a difference. I know I sound like annoying the guy who just keeps repeating himself, but there is a reason why the Cubs gave up Glaber Torres for Aroldis Chapman. There is a reason the Red Sox paid what they paid to go get Craig Kimbrell. There, you, there are only a handful of guys who can, without a doubt, you could feel comfortable with come October. Colomay is not one of them. Giles is not one of them. Nobody on that Astro bullpen is one of them. That's why. Is that I, why they won the World Series last year? They won the World Series because they had Charlie Morton in the bullpen. Okay, and now so if he's in the rotation, then there's going to be nobody to back him up. Dude, you have four other starters you can turn to in the starting rotation. I understand. And also, for just playing the odds, there hasn't been a back-to-back champion since the Yankees Shut in up. 2000. Or 99 Next, and 2000. will speak. I was going to just ask Matt, <laughs> who, who does scare you? Or is it really come down to, like, Chapman, but you have him so he doesn't scare like, you? Like, who scares me as far as... Come October, and you're in the ninth, and it's 4-4. Whose bullpen, do you not want Who's to face? bullpen do you not want to face in a 5-4 ninth inning game? Not that I don't want to face his bullpen, but if I'm the Yankees and we're facing Craig Kimbrell. I'd, Kimbrell's the best closer in the game. I agree. I don't think it's even that he, close. He's been shaky this year, and I haven't really been thrilled with what I'm seeing, but he's still been. I, I think it's and him and Jansen, ne- yeah, and Jansen has struggled. I think Kimbrell's also struggling um, in his personal life. I, what His kid is, has an illness or something. Um, so there are some things going on with Kimbrell, but if the Red Sox could add one more stud in that bullpen, I don't want to face the Red so Sox. So we just said we just established that Kimbrell and Jansen are the two guys you'd be afraid of in the ninth. Yes. So if to name two and, of them, and they're not going to be in the World Series. Yeah, but you know who is? Aroldis Chapman. And so is David Zach Britton in the Astros uniform. Even if Zach Britton goes to the Astros, I don't know what he is at this point. He struggled when he pitched last year off of the injury. Now he tore his Achilles. I don't know what he is. I think he was still injured when he came back. That's my theory. I mean, he wasn't .54 ERA, Zach Britton. Right. Which, uh, again, not to take anything away, but you're right, Will. There aren't that many people who scare not. me because most of them are in the AL East. Right. So, so f- as far as Kimbrell and his daughter, she this happened earlier this year, and he's now saying that it's like motivating him more and everything else. But she was born with heart defects. And at four days old, she had to have her first surgery. And then she had another one during spring training. And then Kimbrell came back to team activities. And Jeez. he does not want to – or he, as, as of January, I don't know if he has beyond this, but there's no recent news. He hasn't uh, revealed a specific diagnosis. But, I mean, God forbid, like, anything were to happen, you know, you don't want to – yeah, yeah, that. and yeah. it's that's something you share. Going to be weighing on his young, mind. Yeah, of course. Um, so and he's still the most dominant. And he's closer. still right. and he's still killing every team he goes out and faces in the ninth, pretty much on a ninety-eight percent of the time basis. Um, so you know, going back to what we were talking about, it, I think that we could agree both the Yankees and the Astros are better than the Red Sox. I don't think the Red Sox have a complete bullpen nor the starting pitching to compete with either of those teams. If David Price could be David Price, then I'm scared, but it hasn't happened. Mm. Um, so when you look at the Yankees and Astros, 
you know, starting rotation, we could both agree the Astros are better than the Yankees. But one through nine, Yankees are better in the in the order. Yeah. I don't care what anybody uh, says. You could have yeah. Jose Altuve. You could have Carlos Correa. One through nine, Yankees are better. There's no more hee-hee, Marwin Gonzalez, let me turn into a really all good all-star. That garbage is over. There's no more, you know, uh, Alex Bregman, holy cow, he's Chris Bryant. That party's over. Like, McCann is McCann and Gaddis is Gaddis. One through nine, the Yankees are better at batting. Bullpen is where they could match that starting rotation. And if you're playing the odds, the Yankees are making the World Series simply because nobody has gone to one back-to-back World Series oh, since, wow. and what, 18 years? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't like that. That's a meaningless stat. Uh, I, but I have to agree. It, when something's that rare, I'll take my chances. That's yeah, me it's saying, rare, you know, but when a team doesn't have a hell of a lot of I understand. turnover, like I know. the Astros had this offseason, they, or they didn't have this offseason, I mean, it's tough. The Yankees obviously had the most turnover probably in the majors when it go, when you go from the manager right. to Stanton and everything else going on. So, I mean, and they did so in a positive way, obviously. It's, it's not an the, interesting it's not conversation. The key contributor, no, but of course. It's we all just a good team. We all, all agree around. that the Astros have the best rotation. And right. You say Agreed. that we. I think we can all agree that the Yankees have the best bullpen. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when you move Charlie Morton, when you move Garrett Cole into the bullpen, now the Astros have the best bullpen. And I think it's likely that they do that for the for because the World Morton, Series. Morton the in the bullpen in the playoffs. Are last we year going Morton to the bullpen? Ter- or are we going I would. McCullers to the bullpen. Both. It's a three you man do both. three man rotation. That that's not going to happen. That always happens in the playoffs. They do that all the time. But not, that's not what they did last year with four. Or I'm sorry, with only three good starters. So they're going to do it when they have four. Absolutely, it makes the bullpen stronger. Hear me out. And they had Britain. Hear me out. <laughs> telling you, man. Let's say Keuchel struggles all year. What if you put him in the bullpen? I don't think he has bullpen stuff. What if he just has What does that mean? Because there's a difference when you come out throwing 85 versus 98. Just pump gas. I don't care about that. I do. Morton's too valuable. The the guy was unhittable when we played in the Yankees. You're not putting that in the bullpen. Sorry. I, I don't think you're doing it just because he's a starter. You know, we talked about how good Garrett Cole could be out of the bullpen. Why do you say that? Because he could throw 98 and he could drop a hammer. Keuchel doesn't do that. He, his stuff doesn't play in the bullpen. There are so many NBA analogies I could make right now about but guys. But you're not going to make any. I'm not going to make them. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I see your point, and just from a very different sports point of view. All right, and how about this? Because I know nobody loves to use regular season comparisons for the postseason, but the Yankees just played the Astros four times. The Yankees winning three of them, but it's not to say, oh, well, look, that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. It's Morton can't pitch any better than he did against the Yankees that game one. Verlander is not pitching any better. He mm-hmm. he literally can't mm-hmm. unless he gives up or unless he pitches a no hitter than than he did in game two. Sure. The Yankees missed out on Garrett Cole, but they still faced McCullers, who pitched very well, and they still faced I can't Keuchel. Keuchel. and Keuchel, and the Yankees yeah. beat up Keuchel. I'm okay with that. I still think the Astros are a better team. Because when they face those three guys in the postseason, and they each throw seven innings, and then they turn into Garrett Cole and Zach Britton, they're going to be fine. But my point is, we know that the Yankees can outlast them. Because that's the whole point. I mean, the Yankees... But this that won't be true come October. But this isn't the first time that a team has faced a buzzsaw in the rotation. I mean, the Red Sox had Curt Schilling and Pedro Martinez, and the whole game plan was just to outlast. 
And that's the same thing here. Just outlast Verlander. Match zeros with him. It doesn't have to be all from CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia. You think he's starting game one? Or if yeah, if you start Verlander game one, sure. It doesn't all have to be from Severino. Give me seven. You don't have to go nine like Verlander. I'll turn it over to Chagrin. Verlander won't have to go nine either. You're I not disagree. getting my point. You're I not disagree. Because the Astros are they're gonna make midseason trades. I I just I don't know. I, I even like Will said, I don't know who you get. You get Zach Britton, obviously it improves your team just because you go from nothing to something. But what but also Zach, improves your team is moving the starters to the bullpen that it's not pitching that day. Zach Britton also hasn't thrown an entire pitch this year, so I think we should be very cautious yeah, be in fun. terms of I don't know about that. He's coming back from Rub some dirt on it. All right, fair enough. I think it'll be very interesting and it'll be again just heavyweight battles. And another thing to keep an eye on that we haven't even mentioned yet was what happened in that ALCS last year. For seven games, what happened? A home team didn't lose. And I, I think that home field advantage is going to be something that is very, very important. So right now, it's the beginning of May, and the Yankees have the second-best record in baseball to the Red Sox. If they could beat the Astros as far as the regular season record and lock up home field advantage... That's a key for the New York Yankees in the Bronx because we saw them come alive last year. There. But also, just shows, it also, although this, I'm gonna completely admit this series was, in my opinion, pretty even, disregarding the final outcome. Would you agree that it was a pretty even series that we? I, I, it was pretty even, but I think it was telling, because we have one team. Not to completely hijack you here, John. No, so no, keep no. the thought that you had. I'm just saying that. The Astro, their strength is the rotation. Over the Yankees, their strength is the rotation. Their rotation isn't pitching better than it, than it did. Maybe Keiko will be a little bit better, but for the most part, they're not pitching any better. And the Yankees still won three out of four. And the key difference, the big difference, is that one closer goes crazy when he makes a save and then the next night punches himself in the face. <laughs> and the other closer, I mean, this guy could be... A, like one of those memory foam mattresses where you jump and jump and go crazy and nothing moves. Chapman's face was a rock. I mean, he's got all the nerves in the world on him in the ninth inning after that game where they came back and they took the lead with Torres. He closes it out, and the guy didn't even smile. That Chapman's face was a foreshadow for the Yankees' bullpen compared to the Astros'. I think his neck tattoos hurt so much oh, that he can't move. Oh, I love the neck face. tattoos. He just can't move. <laughs> what are we going to say, John? I, I think the biggest, I think what we should actually look forward to is I think it's May 28th to the 30th, and that's when Houston comes to the stadium. The, the, regarding that outcome of those three games, then I can really be confident about my opinion. But, but the, the, you know, taking three out of four in Houston, it showed that although home field advantage is going to be important, this New York team may not even really care about that. We just we took three point. out of four. And as I was saying, like, you know, we could argue that it was an even series and we just happened to win three out of four of them. But it shows that it didn't even matter. Home field is not – it may not even matter because this team has another year under their belt. Um, I think that's a very good point. And the only counterargument to that would be the crowd is going to be a lot different in October than it is in May. But obviously I understand your point, and it's sure. a very good one. You, can, you Yankees fans always kind of suck in October. Oh, well, yeah, 100%. You no, I mean, that's because we actually we actually we care. Have, and you know what, John? <laughs> there, there's a difference between Yankee fans and everyone else is that we suck in October because, you know, we're playing in October. Oh, that's how that works? So, oh. you know, 
when your team is actually playing at that time here. of the year, like that's that's why we're so kind of annoying. Well, Bono, even though you're an ass sometimes, I think we got to stop this. <laughs> it's been it's been the world's biggest pleasure serving alongside you the past five months, being your co-host. It's been been one are, the, are those mind. tears rolling down your yes eyes? who's cutting onions in here <laughs> um no i mean it's been fun um obviously we have a lot of fun here we talk a lot of different aspects of the game we had some nice guests suspicious bbq carl ravage um Butensky, Butensky, will bjarnar i mean it's been unbelievable it's been a lot of fun i respect and value your baseball opinion but i don't yours for the very last time of this season I am Matt Bono. I'm Matt Zhutkevich. I am John Butensky. And I am David Ortiz. Oh, Will, come on, man. <laughs> I really wanted to say Thank you for listening, everybody. Let's play it out with something real special. Lakewood means rewind. A gunshot means forward. You requested it, so we rewind. But I want to start off yeah. with the hottest name in probably all of sports way, right way, now. Way and it's Sheho Otani. Yeah. Three. Two, one. Look, and I got enemies, Tani. got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy, trying to take away from a Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani, Days are over, so getting me for life. Yeah. Show high. <laughs>